I'm Chase, and you're listening to The Angry Millennial, and I don't know how I got here. I don't know why I'm in this room or what they just fed me, but you're listening to The Angry Millennial. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to The Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Bocafire.com. Bocafire is a better way to rent professional DSLR lenses. With 30-day rentals, unlimited swapping, free shipping, and free insurance coverage, Bocafire is the best deal around. Use any Pro, Canon, or Nikon lens for your DSLR camera with no return dates and no stress. Keep it as long as you want. When you're done, send the lens back using the prepaid shipping label and swap it for your next one. Offering all the most popular Canon and Nikon lenses, including primes, zooms, telephotos, and a lot more. Use the coupon code ANGRY15 to get 15% off any Bocafire membership. Valid now through July 2016, only at Bocafire.com. All right, so here we go. Today, we are here with designer Bella Shehu. So why don't you say hello? Hey, Jose, Stevie. <laughs> hello. <laughs> so thank you for having us in your uh, your great space. We're on your uh, storefront on, what is this, 20th and Spruce? 20th. Well, um, 20th between Spruce and uh, Pine. And to be a little bit more specific, between Delancey and Panama. There you go. Now, these are the money streets, so <laughs> I wanted to mention Delancey that. Delancey is... <laughs> Delancey's fancy. Yeah, yeah sure. That's where uh, M. Light just shot that. I was telling you. Oh, about. really? Yeah, he just shot a uh, part of his new movie on then Delancey right there. We actually had a board in front of our atelier that said, if you're walking between these hours and these hours, you may be filmed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I made that trip a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're like okay. just swagging it out, just kind of walking yeah. through, you know, in different uh, outfits. Yes, yes. Yeah, like, this woman, this woman's walking walked by in five different outfits in an hour. That's odd to anyone else. That's awesome. Yeah, I, it was funny seeing like wardrobe people run up and down the street like in rain. Yeah, in Philly. Oh, freaking out, carrying things. I love it when you see on the uh, in Center City, you see the big trucks and all the grip gear. Oh and yeah! You see a thousand C stands being unloaded, and like people are losing their minds. Doesn't make your mouth water when you see that. <laughs> well, it makes me feel good. There is activity. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. Pittsburgh. The last few years has been getting a lot of the the filming stuff because it's a lot cheaper to shoot there than New York. And Canada has been pretty popular. Like, no. Well, we lost that tax incentive, I think, last year. So that we took a hit. Yeah. Because sure. of yeah. that, but. So. Uh, Bella, tell us a little bit about your early creativity. Have you? Has it always been fashion? I know you're a very, from knowing you for a few years, you're a very uh, artistic spirit, if I will. So, like you know, you, you like a lot of different things, um, and a lot of times with certain creatives, I feel like they have that one thing they're really good at, and they might specialize in. But there's other stuff they're always interested in, whether it's music or acting or um, you know painting or photography or whatever. Uh, so, you know, for you, is that like that growing up? Or was it always just, you were a little mini Mugatu when you were, when you were a kid? <laughs> well, I kind of was, actually. Exactly. <laughs> but without knowing, right. now with mm-hmm. some sort of review, um, you see the signs of um, wanting to be involved in this uh, journey from early on. But uh, I, I, yeah, I think everything creative kind of stirs me up. Music, it's a very important portion of my life. Right. Uh, cooking, I think cooking is very creative. Um, uh, You're a good cook? I am a good cook. Nice, I can't cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Steve's a pretty good cook. I can hold my own. Yeah. I like, I like to uh, get a little nuts and experiment in the kitchen. I do too, but it's not involving cooking, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, cooking and what we were talking earlier cocktail making oh yeah i mean anything that i think you have to involve uh the library you have accumulated throughout life so if it's visual musics ingredients tastes experiences um 
I think it's really neat to go back and see from memory if you can arrange things better. Right. And, and yeah. that makes a good point. I mean, there was a, I remember it was from a, a ma- I had this clipping from a magazine interview with a photographer. And, uh, and I remember I, back when I had like a model mayhem page, I put it on there. It was, <laughs> it was interesting. It was a photographer's style, right? Is made up of their taste in movies, love, people they love, people they've lost, um, and, you know, all things that move them. And I was like, that's pretty fucking accurate. You know what I mean? Because you sit there and say we pull creativity from a lot of places where it's, you know, uh, movies we see, articles we read, you know, they could, it could spur anything. It could spur a photo shoot. It could spur a style in your, in your, in your shooting. It could spur a new lighting setup. Um, and all that can come just from what ordinary people don't necessarily like Stevie. We were in New York and he's all about, he, he has a, is it six plus? My phone? Oh, yeah, is it a six plus or a six S? Six S regular? Six S regular. 30,000. Oh my version God. Four. All right. Yeah. So he was walking <laughs> and was taking video, like slow-mo video of him stepping in a puddle. Mm-hmm. And we're like late going somewhere. So I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, oh, dude, I'm taking this really sick video of me like walking through this puddle. Like, dude, come on. He was moved. And literally he showed me it. We're on another corner. And I was like, oh my God. Fuck, that's really cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, it's more than just walking through a puddle. It's <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. You get caught in the moment. I yeah. think that's important with any creative. Yeah, like, for sure. You know, like we always say, like if you're a photographer, you can't just be inspired by other photography. It's, it's stupid. That's right. limiting. Like right. you have to, like you said, absorb everything that you love and let you see. Just mm-hmm. mold it into that little dough of you and <laughs> dough of, the dough of you. Yes, that's a new movie. <laughs> and, and motion in in general. I mean, I've been kind of obsessed with dance for a very long time, mm-hmm. and it's uh, I think movements that make me feel good, look good. Uh, people who can package movements, uh, yeah. you know, accurately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm obsessed with dancers. I think they're. Mm-hmm amazing how they express emotion and a lot of my uh, designs come from movement mm-hmm. um, and not just the shape of the body it's like the timing the velocity that you know in between it you know it's very pretty precise neat. Movement, yeah but at the same yeah. time very open and free-flowing i mean i've noticed that I and mean, correct me if i'm wrong a lot of your designs they they do kind of I know, um, they're not, I want to say, what's the opposite of inhibit movement, but they're, they're just, they kind of have this look where they kind of like, you can, you can actually move around in them, you know? Yeah, and that's the idea. They kind of right. have to add to your existence and aid you and not hold you back. Uh, even if it's by feeling that you have them on. Mm-hmm. We made the joke when we started that you said sometimes you talk like you have a, a dog with peanut butter in, in its mouth, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of leads to my next question. What uh, What is your nationality? I am Albanian. Albanian. Okay. Born and raised. Born and raised. Mm-hmm. What? What? So, uh, <laughs> does your do you think your nationality plays at all into your work or, or stuff like that? Well, I would I would say that it plays in my existence. So mm-hmm. anything that pours out of me has something to do with it but I think the environment that I grew up uh, had a lot to do with the way I perceive um, function shape um, practicality um, aesthetics all of this uh, I I grew up very limited where uh, I suppose one could get lost and study endlessly the the same shapes Mm -hmm. um, and find that uniqueness each time. Um, Communist country, um, my whole childhood, very limited resources. If we didn't produce it, we didn't have it. I grew up with a lot of things that I didn't know it exist. They existed. Same with clothing, uh, distributed more like uniform, Mm -hmm. uh, like uniforms. Um, I suppose seasons were made up from a bottom, a top and a coat. Uh, You can see how the whole town 
was starting to look very similar. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I hate to say, I mean, not to generalize, but most communist countries seem like that's a, a, a common. And theme. and what made what made you know someone uh, look different? Or what what uh, caused for me to study proportions, which is a huge uh, part of the way I design now? It was where where that same pant was hitting me and where was hitting somebody that was six foot. And now you study these proportions when, you know, certain elements stay the same and your subject changes. And that that's that's what makes that, you know, visual balance that, right. you know, we tend to like. And different designers go for a different balance than others. Uh, and that's where I found, you know, the proportions nice. I liked. That's interesting. Um, so, I mean, so kind of switching a little bit, I mean, so you came from Albania, right? Which yeah. we all know is, is when you immigrate to this country, it is a big risk. You know, you're, you're coming to, uh, for all intents and purposes somewhere where you're just not from, you know, you're fan, no one, no one's there. Maybe you have like a cousin or an uncle, but it's, you're uprooting your entire life and your family and coming over here. Um, so what would you say, speaking of risk, what were the biggest risks you've taken throughout your design career? Um, throughout my design career, I've always taken manageable risk. Mm -hmm. So nothing that has really stuck out. I have been on my own since 17, since I left Albania. So, uh, uh, it, it has been very important that I operate on instinct and allow my finger to stick just long enough in the pan without taking my whole hand off. <laughs> so those are the kind of risks that I've been taking so right. far. It's a calculated risk. Right. Nice. Um, teetering in the edge, you right. know, yeah. right. without falling. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I mean, a lot of people, I think, would assume and uh, if you have, uh, own your own business, a storefront, you know, much like this one. That's that's a risk, you know. You you could, you could think essentially. You could okay. I could run out of my apartment. I could run out of wherever. Um, you know. Do you think storefront space and owning your own space is necessary for today's up and coming designers? You know, it seems like everything's online and and trends to a certain way where you can get away with not having your own space for a while. Um, well, I want to correct something here. Sure. Um, so this is my working atelier. It happens to be on the ground floor uh, in a, a business yeah. uh, location, but this is not a retail shop in the oh. sense that a walker, pass a, a passerby, mm -hmm. uh, cannot uh, spontaneously pop in and um, a finger massage my racks. <laughs> Explain that when you talk to a lot of people, and even massage. a lot of designers, like there's a giant difference between having a storefront or something like you just said, like I'm not even going to say it. No, say it. Please say it. I want to hear you say it. Atelier. Your place. Atelier. Mm -hmm. See? Uh, it's, it's a French word for, uh, word for, um, a, Don't fucking a, touch. An artist <laughs> studio. Oh, It's a work cool. studio right. for an artist. Okay, nice. Um, so what, how we show our collection to mm -hmm. private collectors, it's make an appointment, reserve an hour or two based on their needs. And we present the collection to them with a fit model or on them. Pretty yeah. much how it was done, uh, from the twenties yeah, to the seventies till yeah. ready to yeah, wear. Right. Cause you see that word tossed around a lot with designers. What? Ready to wear? No. I tell you. Yep. <laughs> I, I just pointed because yeah, yeah. She's, she makes it sound so much better. It's called being European. It's a lot more suave. But no, you see a lot of people toss that word around and they're just using it very incorrectly, it seems, when there's a certain aspect. It's like an Asian bistro. Yeah. <laughs> and like from just from what I know. That's an oxymoron. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> But just from what I know, like you said, that that word itself kind of lends itself more to like a more exclusive kind of collection or feel. Well, it's the pieces. same as if you went to a visual artist studio and yeah. got a preview of the artwork before it hit a gallery. Yeah. It's the same. Right. You call, you get given the tour, you see works in progress, mm -hmm. uh, you get a little bit 
behind uh, what curtain. was going on right. uh, in the process. So uh, you're a little bit more engaged as a yeah. collector uh, in the success of the designer or the artist, uh, more so than just a consumer. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, uh, I've been here, uh, like we said, let's put it out there. I've been here when we had meetings and, and, and chats about different shoots we're going to do. And uh, even Emily Doyle came by, um, who actually, you watch, you watch movies at all? Movies, yes. <laughs> okay. Have you seen the, the movie? I, uh, I forgot what it was fucking called. Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway. The Intern? The Intern. That's a <sighs> No. Okay. Funny thing. Great movie, if you like the kind of lighthearted stuff. And I like De Niro and Hathaway. Um, but I'm watching it and it's about a woman who started her own clothing company online and it's exploded and she's the CEO. So literally it shows her what like the first 10 seconds of the movie is her walking in and to this office and there's a photo shoot going on like off camera. And I'm looking, I go, I know that person. It's fucking Emily. <laughs> it's oh yeah. Emily nice. And she's in it. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought that was Emily. And I'm, I'm like texting her on my phone and I didn't move on. I there's you the intern. <laughs> and, and literally, uh, she, like as I'm talking about it, there's another scene where they, she come, pops into a meeting and tries to give some feedback on a layout for the magazine they do or, or the blog, and it it there's literally Emily's face, and they're like dragging text and font <laughs> over it, and I go, holy shit, that is Emily, and uh, but yeah, so so we had Emily come in and Emily tried out a bunch of stuff, and when we were when we were here, remember the person who walked in? It was it was like a, a consulting session, right? And and I'm thinking to myself, if you know this place, and you come in, and like like she said, you can't just walk on the street. Yeah. So you made it. You made an appointment. You took the time out. You came over here, and she starts asking them very basic questions, and this person couldn't answer fucking one to the point of she goes, "Oh, well, okay. Well, what size shoe does does she wear? Oh, I'm not really entirely sure. Was this the person okay. actually shopping or like? No, they were pulling stuff, right? Yeah, for a styling I don't thing, remember, yeah, probably. it was like a styling thing, and he and she's asking all these questions. Well, okay, what size is she? Oh, well, she's kind of like, and then she's like, okay, let me help you out. Here's Emily. Uh, is she her height taller, smaller, <laughs> thicker? Is she more? You know, like she's trying so hard, and me and Emily are just sitting there going, how the fuck do you not know this stuff when you come in here and you're expecting to get you know, advised or, or pull uh, some things. Oh, and, and we're just sitting there going like, dude, this, oh, no. yeah. It's yeah. part of that planning you know, we were talking so. about that. It's yeah. absent with a lot of stuff around here. <laughs> yeah, but this, this is the beauty of not having the tour open mm-hmm. because you get a lot of that a day. Mm. Yeah, every day. So there's a lot of black in here. I'm. Do you have any pastel colors or <laughs> do you have an Easter line? Uh, no, get out. Actually, that's actually a very funny story how that's turned uh, all black. Uh, a lot of people associate me. Yeah, there's a delicious <laughs> metropolitan. What does that mean? Oh, man. Um, I'm a fat kid and I have no idea what that chair- means. Metropolitan Bakery. Oh, I thought, you meant like, I thought you meant like the, the kind of cookie. I'm like, I've never heard of oh, a the cookie. Oh, the cookies are so good. They're so, oh, they're so good. Some have sea salt on them. Go on. I just saw that when I started eating this one. So you, just so you guys know, she lured us in with a whole stack of cookies and grapes. I feel like a Greek god. I feel like someone's feeding me. No, I'm feeding myself. Food is always important. <laughs> it is. I am a servant. That's my favorite thing to do. I like to host. That's my. Uh, that's what I picked up from Jesus. <laughs> well, now they didn't know that. Yeah, moving speaking, five doors speaking down of from Jesus. you. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> oh, going going back to black, mm-hmm. I have I have a lot of uh, kids that you know see the line online mm-hmm. first, and because of the imagery and the consistent color black, right. they kind of put me in a genre of designers, which I I enjoy thoroughly being okay. there, but I'm not sure that's how it started, right? Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and it's dark and moody and avant-garde and um, and it's neat. It's I allow it to shape me sometimes, but in in practicality, being a small designer, you right. are limited. Uh, 
with suppliers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're talking about any fine technical fabric. I use a lot of technical fabric. That's right. what I'm known for. Um, so you're any, talking about anyone who's, who's not a layperson. What is technical fabric? What falls in technical fabric? Technical fabric. It's something where current technology of weaving fabric or treating of finished fabric has been applied, and the fabric becomes more than a malleable piece to cut and so it has other properties such right. as will protect you from the environment oh, so like, okay will like, kill uh, bacteria will okay. wick your moisture right, right. Uh, protect you like from the sun water uv protection right. yeah mm -hmm. um, as, as they're stain resistant they're treated they're wrinkle resistant to make your life easier so fabric that it has these current applications that aid the urban ninja to operate. Uh, I love that you said that seamlessly. <laughs> I just want to be a fucking ninja, so I'm going to design around that. The premise of that urban ninjas. Yeah. Oh, do you yeah. do menswear? Because I would like an urban. Well, I ninja do suit. ninja wear. <laughs> so ninjas know no the sex. The men who wow. exactly right. Ninjas are like asexual. That's right. <laughs> well, you'll never see it because their whole purpose is not to be seen. Exactly. So there's, right. a, there's a contradiction exactly. there. There's three dudes in here wearing ninja outfits you didn't see. <laughs> <laughs> thought I felt oh, a man. sharp pain in my back. <laughs> so, very large minimums to buy fabric. Um, so, it makes sense to buy black. Right. You can, you yeah, can always you, use it. Like you said, you can buy it in bulk. It has a lot of different Absolutely. properties. Uh, you can use it. It's very versatile, you know. Um, so in terms of being a, um, you know, a, uh, a a small business owner, right? You, yeah, you, wanna, you have like to make said, smart decisions. Right. These, are, wanna, like, these are like these are like business risk. decisions. Right. You don't want to have um, a bunch of fabric sitting yeah. around that you're never going to yeah. use. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, I know we were talking about this earlier. Um, but being a photographer in Philly, there's always a stigma relating it to New York. I mean, I didn't want to act like we were bashing Philly because it's come up a few times with different things. But being a designer in Philly, what do you have? What do you think that's seen as like? Do you, are there? Do you think it's a strong kind of fashion community in Philly? Are there any designers that you see that you really like, and you think there's you know potential with some up and coming people around here? Well, this is a great incubator. I've always said this, yeah. if anybody asks, um, not only for the reasons that it's an environment where you can make stuff happen at right. a manageable cost. Right, cheap rent, cheap uh, space, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's a good test market, too, because it's a brutal market. Mm -hmm. uh, Philly folk, it's not easy to win over. It's right. going to make you, like, <laughs> do some all. flips yeah. and, yeah. you know, tap dance and juggle at the same time. It's, you know, so if you manage to uh, entertain them and keep them interested, you pretty much are going to kill New York or anywhere else, yeah. uh, especially in my... Um, genre as uh, we said um, when you think of that you don't think of Philly you think of Berlin right Tokyo yeah, right. Um, you know correct me if I'm wrong the, the, to me and and see when I came across your stuff um, and I don't know anything about fashion in terms of Americans but I would like to think like you just said a lot of the bigger things come out of Europe and Asia mm-hmm so you, you figure if someone's worth their salt, the first thing I thought of is they're not fucking from here. You know, like they're, they're probably <laughs> European and just live here now and are bringing that aesthetic and that taste and that uh, sense of style that, that yeah. like you said, the very, the very purposeful uh, yeah, there's, urban there's, kind of style that, that you see all the time, like you said, in, in Germany and other countries and stuff like that, but not necessarily in the States. I, I wonder why, you know, that's I a good... Um, a lazy, obese country who loves well, country music? I don't know. Perhaps, but perhaps a visual <laughs> stimulation. It's not of that kind to promote uh, aesthetics. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when I go to Europe, like, we'll go on and on about, you know, that cigarette pen, like the most norm 
core item and study the proportions of how fine or mm-hmm. what the dynamic is. And I, I wonder, and I'm like, you know, and I catch myself sometimes, like last night I was with two guests that we kind of nerded out on each other's outfits in a different <laughs> way, right. you know, it's like, oh, I like the, you know, mesh combo and where it hits your shoe. And um, I wonder if, you know, that aesthetic, it's not promoted enough for one to not get uh, innate pleasure out of displaying it or viewing it. Right. And once you're in it, it's like a drug. It's like, I, you know, I live for that black mm. on black and, you know, that, right. you know, and it's just very pleasurable. Yeah. I mean, um, it's so, I know enough. Really. Right. But I know enough about fashion to say, like, there has been a sense of, of casualness the last few years being big, you know, like, people wear yoga pants all the time now At you know leisure and, right yeah leisure like <laughs> where it's like sweatpants are nor you know joggers and all this stuff is now commonplace um and it's you know i feel like i'm not gonna lie i'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy you know um but at the same time i've always respected people who put a little more effort in their appearance and every day came out in a nice coat and a button down and and just had a sense of style um and it I've been noticing that like that's hopefully, you know, starting to take a little bit of a turn back where the people we've met recently, I mean, you know, you take for instance, uh, drew, right. You take for instance, the magicians. So we had, we met, we had some magicians on, we had a musician on who, who literally wears suits from the twenties, like legit. That's between the twenties and thirties. And that's it. And every then, day, right. Every, every hour day. of the day. Yeah. He looks like he step, he's going to kill me if he hears this. That's fine. But he, it looks like he stepped right off a Boardwalk Empire set. Right. That's awesome. It's yeah. impressive. I don't it's inspiring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we, the magicians, one of the guys is the same way. And he said, he hangs out with the other, with the, with the Drew, the musician. And he says, yeah, we go shoot, we go suit shopping sometimes or we'll go and like thrift and try and find stuff. And he goes, I go, well, why is it? And he goes, well, it's just like, you know, things were had, were just better build quality back then. It's true. You know, because to say that, makes you feel too. right. And to say like, that you have a suit that's 80 fucking years old and it still works. I have a suit jacket. I bought three years ago. that's falling apart. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it, it's, it's kind of started trending that way. I mean, we, even the other guy, we went to that magic show. Right. And there was a the dude who looked like he was part of fucking roots. Who was that guy? The guy, he, he looked like a, a, a Sherlock Holmes villain. Oh, ran, ran, ran. Yeah. yeah like he's a magician too. Has, has huge like Afro. Kind of a little top hat on. This awesome coat. What, what, oh, is, that? Wait, no, what no. is that pattern? No, that was um, Josh. Okay. That was after. Ran, right. Ran, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ran was uh, performing. Oh, no. Right. So not him. The uh, the other guy afterward. Right. What was that coat he had on? I don't know. It looked like almost like that Burberry pattern. I know nothing. Obviously, know nothing. But it was like a wool coat. Uh-huh. And it was awesome. And I even told them, like, dude, you got a bow tie on, you got a friggin' vest on. You got, I mean, you're probably sweating your ass off, but it, it looked good doing it, you know? And, <laughs> and I mean, that was to me, like, we started seeing that, you know, it's like the people who put a little bit more effort in their appearance nowadays well, yeah. stand out huge. You know, well, it has to be authentic, though, you know, right. like, you That's know, then you try. see the, then you see, try, um, <laughs> then you see the costume wearers, right. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, they're disconnected from their costume, right? Um, but if you know, if one gets thorough pleasure, uh, yeah, and yeah. it's authentic, yeah. And like for instance, I I wear a fedora all the time, right? A lot. Well, that's right? your thing, exactly. And some people go to me, ah, I can't really wear, I can't pull that off, and I'm like, yeah, you can. I don't think I can pull it off, but guess what? You just had the fucking confidence to put it on. Well, after the first day, you forget about it. Yeah, exactly. It's only the first day. That's what I tell my people. Like you know, they see the proportions. It's like, oh, this crotch, it's too low. And I'm like, just hang out in a day and you won't notice it the right. next day. It's just, it takes your eye to a minute to register something new, a new silhouette or new proportions. Right. But w- once it feels good, you're like, this feels good. Then your eye gets the message. It's like, it also looks good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's important. You said, like you just said, it's got to feel good. Yeah, it got to yep. feel and good. And that's one of the biggest things. I think that's with any 
what we would hope. Mm. You know, you, you probably can agree. Some fashion is not in the sense. Dude, I'm pleasure <laughs> oriented. I do not own Manala Blahniks or mm. Louboutin. I don't. I don't own any shoe made by men who hate women. <laughs> I, you know, I'm all about pleasure. <laughs> right. So you're you're in the opposite camp of uh, most women say that beauty equals pain, right? Whether it's the shoe that uh, kills their feet after no, a few I feel hours. Very or, bad for them. They're yeah. slaves. Mm. They're slaves for approval. A bunch of fucking sheep. <laughs> You're all sheeple. Approval of people that probably they don't like in the first place. You know, that's a, that's a really funny way of putting yeah. it. Because I've seen a lot of people, there's quotes running around. Where it's like, let me get this straight. You go to a job you hate to make money, to buy things you can't afford, to impress people you don't fucking like. Makes no sense. And, I, and when you hear it put like that, you're like, oh my God. Yes. That's 90% of the population. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're going, yeah, that totally explains why some people are miserable. Uh, well, not even miserable, but they, themselves? Over, they overextend themselves <laughs> so much. You know? Well, they've kind of drank the the punch, you yeah. know, and uh, they're uh, aiding the whole. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. You got to you got to stir up the economy in the country you live in. But. Lack of individualism. I mean, in that story that you told, there was a lot of uh, uh, defaults that are less than perfect. That right. And you sit there and say, now, correct me if, again, correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes people joke and say, even people in communist countries look at America and say, you might think it's great and grand and free, but. There's some similarities in the way some people operate or the way things are. I mean, maybe you can tell me being from that kind of, It's a different you, kind of propaganda. Right, right. But it's a propaganda. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so did you did you move from Albania straight here? Like you've always lived in Philadelphia? I lived in Iowa for th- wow. this is very funny that you transitioned Stop. here because Iowa. you like corn. <laughs> I, I think like she didn't. That's why she I came back like from Iowa. <laughs> so, so that was the first place you went? Well, very. I'm going to make this very yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah. So I hear of America through 90210 and Melrose Place. <laughs> so 40-year-old actors playing high school kids. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Were they? I don't yeah, know. They were. I believed it. No, that, that, I, I yeah. fell for it. I, you know, like I had no idea. Towns in the country. Right. Yeah, well, I right. didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what nine hundred two one zero meant. Yeah. Do you know? I now? thought. It, yeah, I do know. Okay. <laughs> but I thought it was just like a number. Right. So I'm I'm seeing the show dubbed in Italian with uh-huh. very bad reception with an antenna made with a hanger that my dad made. Uh huh. And I'm like, that's the place we like found it in the map. I was like, what will it take me to get me there? I made it in my whole family's project for a whole year. We found wow. a program. We got me there. And I come to Iowa. This is pre-internet in my country. We actually had to dial zero to be connected to our friends still wow. when I left. Right, like an operator. Yes. Right. So the operator was pretty much the fortune teller of the city because yeah. they knew every outcome. <laughs> That's, wow, it's fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were the gatekeeper, secretary mm-hmm. of state. <laughs> um, so, uh, come to Iowa. Uh, in, uh, during communism, the mm-hmm. idea we had of capitalism was very different. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everybody's kind of brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get up and do a work, and it, it's like a Truman's show. So, yes, we were yes, kind of yes. told about the Truman's show. Mm-hmm. I come to uh, yeah yeah but but it was more exaggerated to make sense. Well, I come to Iowa, which is not nine (laughs) hundred two one zero. It's like it's just a little bit different. I swear, (laughs) I called my family and I said that place does not exist. It's like it's made. It's a set, (laughs) and I truly believe that I actually did did fall for that yeah, and yeah, I yeah. cried for nine months to go home uh, because it just wasn't convincing me that right. that wasn't a set mm-hmm. yeah and it actually didn't exist mm. that's like it's always uh, sunny would have been a more accurate <laughs> it's true. but you know what's sad that's actually filmed in LA so yeah you know what I mean like it's the same thing it's fake too it's, it's about yeah. filming they film the outside scenes here during the summer yeah exactly most of them yeah yeah in like a week for the yeah. entire season you know um 
that's yeah, that's really interesting because it 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 yeah. I mean, you you have these notions of what you think something is, and when you come from a foreign country, when you you look at things through a, a certain glass, where I mean, you, you ask anyone, I've been to like Spain and Argentina. And I ask them, what do you think about the States? And they go, oh, you mean the, you guys, the fat people who wear, uh, who wear um, camo and go hunting and love their guns? And I'm like, I, don't forget accurate. going to church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, With you know their what? Guns yeah, and yeah, camo. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> they think it's like people in, in Texas, like everyone just carries a, a six shooter. Walking yeah. around the malls and uh, well, in Texas, I mean, that's accurate. Yeah, go a little north. Let yeah. you know, yeah, 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 it yeah. just looks different. The right. outfits are different. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's it's. I mean, it is. It's weird, but like you said, it it's it's totally understandable. You know, um, when when you came here, when did you figure out Iowa was Iowa? Like, when did you figure out like while this is not nine hundred two one zero, there's other places I could go that might be better suited for me. When I left it, so when I came to Philly, it was, oh, shoot, this is closer to what I had in mind. Right. Uh, New York and Philly. Philly's closer to 90210. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So when when was that? What year was that? 97. 97. Nice. You've been here a decent amount of time to see some see the city grow. Oh, I've, I've, I've played my part. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, like you said, you've, you've very much been a proponent of life experience helping in, in your everyday life, right? Remembering things you, the mistakes you made, the, the things that you learned, um, dictating or helping dictate every single action you do. Yeah. You know, whether it's uh, thinking up a new design or finding out what works or, you know, uh, whether you have people on your team or anything like that. Um, do you, like, what would be a piece of advice you'd give to like young designers nowadays? I suppose I, I, this, this could apply to just human beings. Sure. I mean, the, uh, I think the ultimate journey is to get the closest to self, to access the most uh, out of your own makeup. Uh, so anything that will aid towards that, um, it's the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, whoa, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm distracted. No, it's uh, it's the cord. It's, so it's let's like say. a well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There you go. It's a little bit easier. Um, it's you know, it, personally, uh, right. in my journey, meditation. Ooh, that's um, a Meditation. Any substances that will aid uh, DMT production, all your pineal gland to stay active. I squeeze uh, my pineal at least twice a day to get it going. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even gonna touch that one. <laughs> Should always touch your pineal. Touch your, be one with your pineal gland. I, you know. I- yeah, but no. It, 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 so you bring up a good point, and we actually talked about it just yesterday. So the last few guests we had on are very successful people who've lived life right, had some great experiences, um, made big, big mistakes, but also had big rewards. And the common thread was the meditation, and the big thing was that we talked about yesterday was um was being selfish to a point but not even looking at it as being selfish just saying you you are your own person and if you don't develop yourself how can you help other people and the way this one photographer who i met with who's a very successful person um said to me i go at first i was like yeah everyone should be selfish sometimes he goes but you know what i don't even look at it like i'm being selfish uh, I look at it like I always put my oxygen mask on before I can help other people. I agree. And when he said that, yeah. it blew my mind how simple it was. That when we think about it, we think, especially if you like family or, or, or kids, you think about how you will run yourself ragged for someone else to the point where you might break. To the point where you might either lose it, have a breakdown, or just physically, mentally be exhausted. Right? And then you say, 
if that happens while you're on your cross for this family and for your loved ones, what good are you at that point? You know, you have to take the time for yourself to, like you said, meditate, look inward, ask yourself, what am I doing? Am, am I am I happy with what I'm doing? Because if you're not, no one else around you is, is going to really, you know what I mean? And, and it's... You know, what we can give at the end of the day, it's just a interpretation of self. If we're affecting people or environment is by putting forward the best of self not that candle or the car or the vacation uh it's it's that interaction it's it's that energetic mm -hmm. exchange mm -hmm. and that's the only thing that matters i mean we uh, uh, uh of course we register the candle and the car and the vacation but we're made out of this memory cells that this is shaping us our nervous system and our reactions later on in life so what what our contribution is for that to be a positive experience mm -hmm. now this is not a cognizant uh, effect or uh, intake mm -hmm. um, but at the end it's the only one that's happening the rest is uh, signs that we use in a comprehensible manner that we can record uh, to show that what matters that mm -hmm. energetic exchange and right. then we also give a keychain <laughs> but you know, but that's in, it's not necessary. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that's just a token to said. Remember that moment there? We just had a moment, right? And you, you know, yourself, it's registering that moment, right? Yeah, for sure. You know? I mean, it's. But our, you know, yeah. our ego wants to remember it with a keychain. Uh, you know, it's. <laughs> that's honestly, I've seen, I've heard people say some interesting shit, but that definitely takes a cake. <laughs> At the end of that, you get, you get a keychain. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I know we, we kind of talked about, I was going to mention something about the, what, what inspires the overall aesthetic with your line, but we kind of got into that. Um, so I guess one question would be a lot of people, uh, you know, and, and Stevie and I can attest to this. I mean, we're, we're two photographers and naturally to do what we want to do, you have to pull in a bunch of other people. Um, so other creatives, whether it's hair, makeup, design, yeah. um, you, you, you know, need that sets. team, right? You need a team, <clears throat> and, solid team. And a lot of times, there's always, uh, like we said, there's there might be some things that attract us to work for other with other people, um, and then sometimes there's just uh, other stuff, you know, where it's like it's not anything necessarily we can view from a book or. Uh, a photo someone else took it's do i gel with that person you know if i meet them yeah. do i get along yeah, with them would i want to spend 12 hours on set with them to speak to you right. if it's a designer say for you it's like like you said does it mesh right. is that do you compliment each other does are you inspired by them is that a reason you want to work with them or right but it goes to that energetic exchange. Right. Once you feel that, then you've understood altogether that the common goal is to extract the best of one of us, and exactly. you know, to so we're here together with that common goal. Yeah, so once you have that, to feel that energy. yeah, once that's established, there is no conflict right. uh, because you kind of uh, you know weave through it, uh, you know, as you see fit, again, keeping in mind that common goal. Right, right. Yeah, I mean so, so if you know that, what do you think, would, what do you look for with creatives you work with? Well, since I have this opportunity and maybe some people will listen to this, sure. um, I am open for a team. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that team. I have elements of that team that, right. you know, I crave. I go back to memories and reminisce and, you know, I open energetically for that to happen again. But I don't have that team that I can fall back to, that I can come up with a concept or somebody else can come up and then we get together and uh, continuously do great work together. Yeah. Um, so, And it, it's interesting. I mean, you, you can appreciate that with all that we do, egos, unfortunately, are involved at some level. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you got to filter that shit out it, right no, away. Exactly, <laughs> but I think that's the biggest thing sometimes is like... That, it, that's when it, that energy that you're starting to feel, as soon as the ego, that just kicks that energy's ass to the curb. Yeah. I cut it with a machete right off the bat. I mean, I have a bad reputation around See, that I, I make people it, cry. She, she's a, she says machete. Yeah, nah, I'm yeah. like, got to kill that. Yeah, dude, she's a fucking urban ninja wear <laughs> designer. Come on. I think that's included on some of the tags I saw. Yeah. But. Yeah, machete yeah, yeah. included. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and that's something that to me sucks because like you said, if people can get an overall rhythm of working together, if people can, can align their creative goals, right? Visions. Holy fuck. That would be a really powerful. Just making music, you know, you need the bass player and the drummer, you know, it's, we all need to be symbiotic. Exactly. It's so sad. Sometimes it's hard. Yeah. Cause you meet with someone, you might gel. But then after a little while, you, someone has some problem, and then that metastasizes into more of a thing. You gotta stay open. You have to yeah. keep everything open. The team and then has to be solid. You can also appreciate, and I get it with some designers around here or anywhere, that they also say, while I love working with certain core individuals, I also want variety. So I don't want the same thing all the time. Um, maybe you might find that with certain photographers, certain creatives, you're 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 getting the kind of the same thing over and over again. Maybe you might approach it a different way. And then you go, okay, let me let me just dabble around here. And then some people, again, egos yeah. get involved and say, Oh, well, I'm, we're not we're not oh, we're not working together anymore. Oh, I saw you shot with so and so. Oh, I thought we were gonna do that, you know? And it's like, dude, it's like it's not that serious, you know? Yeah. But it, it, it's, it it's all such a balancing happens. act. I mean, well, I could, we could talk about that. Shit I know that's a human flaw, the right. victimization <laughs> portion. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. you know, I can't, I can't, you know, yeah. protect people that's, from that. That's when she's like, Sorry. "Yeah, hi, Felicia." If you have a good energy, you have good ideas, and it clicks, do it. Right. If you, if it works better with someone else, do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I've been, I've been, I've been guilty of. Uh, in my head, self-sabotage, you know, type stuff. I mean, oh, we, we all do. We're creatives. Right. That's, of course. that's part I of mean, our like, nature. Like I was I mean, telling her earlier, I was waiting for her to call me out where we had that meeting and we had like extensive talks about things you wanted to yeah, do. Yeah, what I happened? Like, I got laid off. <laughs> and oh, I, with yeah. the camera company? No, 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 no. I was working. Um, I had another job working for a newer company that I worked from home. So I was doing that and that was, you know, helping with, you know, the new life I had in the suburbs with yeah. two kids and all that. And I lost my job. And in my head, I'm like, I can't start shooting for fun and personal work and all that. that and I, you, that's exactly what I should have been doing. Yeah, Just get yeah, lost in creative. <laughs> but that's the funny thing. It you know? took me seven months of looking for work and just concentrating on that and being angry and being uh, un- unfulfilled. And you went through a until, big learning process. Yeah, until mean. literally I started this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go back to your puddle video and meditation and <laughs> your par- paralyzing moments. Mm-hmm. That what it what is that moment that what is in that moment that grabs you? You know that you need to document it. Is that that moment? It's allowing you to get lost in it, even if it's two yeah. seconds or ten seconds or three minutes or a full day. So that is meditation. Yeah, you know. I think so that's yeah. It, that's it, for part sure. of being creative. creative it's getting lost. So mm-hmm. again, when you're in a room with a bunch of people, not only the finished product needs to be solid, but that moment, that environment needs to allow you for you to get lost in meditation, yeah. which is mm-hmm. your art. Yeah. No, and, and um, you can probably appreciate this. People say a lot of times when you're when you're at your lowest, darkest point, make art, right? And sometimes, and it sucks to say it, when you're in the shittiest place in your personal life is when you make some of the best art, right? Yeah. Look at like uh, musicians, right? Painters, photographers. And then it's almost... I've I've gone through this where I, I almost scare myself and say, if I'm happy, does that mean the work's gonna suck? Like, do I literally have to be in a bad place to start making actual really cool shit? And I, I think that's like the balance a lot of people sometimes go through. It's yeah, like, but they but then you have to just put that aside and be like, that's bullshit. But it's <laughs> it's true, but it's bullshit because well, that's when you have to you let yourself limit- be inspired. Well, right. perhaps it's- in those moments you feel that there is this, you know, desperation. Yeah. 
sometimes eliminates fear、mm-hmm. because you feel like, well, it can't get worse. It can't get worse. So that fear, like you know, you know, not to shake the boat,、uh, it's gone, and、yeah. your balls to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Which is such、That's, an odd saying. I just thought about it. I feel like just feel, putting your balls to the wall. But I, mean, I feel like, well, how did that originate? Because I, I have think no idea. I can only picture a sliding French bulldog doing that. <laughs> Other than that, I just can't picture it. How、yeah. it happens? Me neither. I, I, I know what. We should, we should definitely Google that later. How did that? I don't know what kind、oh, wow. of results we're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> but, but balls can, on wall. Oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Why is、um, that stiletto doing that thing it's doing? <laughs> so you, okay, so speaking of fear, like you said,、um, I think maybe Stevie can agree.、Uh, no, I cannot. Fuck you! I'm saying anyway <laughs>、uh, that you, as a person, have definitely always had an aura, right? When I knew you. And never met you. I, we had similar circles, and then I finally met you. It was the same exact thing, and and you know all that was confidence. That's all it was. Was just confidence, and on top of that was an openness. Where, like you said, on the outside looking in, you wear all black. You look like a fucking ninja. You're clearly not from this country, and people might think it's very off-putting and not even want to talk to you. Intimidating, right? Intimidating, and then you sit there and. And just have a five-second conversation with you, and you're like, "Oh my god, you're fucking awesome!" And you know, you're really sweet, <laughs> and you're、awesome. really, you know. But but it, the the same thing you said the the biggest thing that I think very successful people conquer is that is is fear is realizing it's just it, it when you really break it down, fear is nothing when you really think about it. Fear. Is you telling yourself that this future thing could possibly happen that in reality might not even fucking happen, but it's just anxiety driven that can paralyze you, and and yeah, and you're going yes, this is this is very you're just this is common knowledge, but for a lot of people it's not, and you know when the, when you do that like you said you you start taking calculated risk, but you start taking more calculated risk and it starts paying off, and people go what's your secret, and you go、um, getting over fear, everyone's scared. Everyone, it, it's it actually very、similar. easy,、uh, not to do, but right, to right. grasp the concept.、Right. Then practice it's a little bit harder. But、uh, you know,、uh, Buddhists have always said, "Live in the moment." And what does that mean?、Uh, don't get tangled in a future that doesn't exist. It's not here yet.、Mm-hmm. You're sweating、yeah. something that you don't. You know, it's going. You're taking for granted that it's going to happen. So if you don't fear the future, and if you don't wallow in the past. So if you just stay in the moment, that's the only mantra you have to say. You kind of, it might right now it's good,、mm-hmm. and then right now it's good, and right now it's good. <laughs> and if you can just check yourself right. every now, right,、uh, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, what would you say is has been your biggest failure? Um. Well. Now, mind you, you might as、uh, just just to say, as you as the person you are, you might say, "Well, failure to me is is tough to to say because I, I if I learned from it, it wasn't necessarily a failure, right? Or if it didn't work out, I, I I came away with something, so it wasn't a complete loss. But that was standing. What was something that you just? Well, failure、mm-hmm. is a、uh, portion of self malfunctioning. So I'm not going to acknowledge that. I'm like haywire when I, I feel scared. <laughs> the second I said the word, she's like,、hmm, <laughs> "This motherfucker." Let's see how I can. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that fucking question. But that's that's what, you know. You're, so then, when you're then when、table. when you're out of malfunctioning, when when you're screwed on tightly, you're like, "What? That that had nothing to do with failure." I feel you know what. I feel I feel bad that I got roped in that experience of feeling like that. I'm sorry, self. I, I was malfunctioning. Hey, self. Let's start over. <laughs> so when you have to look in the mirror and be, hey, stupid. Yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. You you told us about when you came to this country and went to Iowa, thinking it was Los Angeles, and you <laughs> and you got a、no、rude awakening. Yeah, you got a rude awakening. Um, and and that helped then put you on this path. What would you say has been your biggest break breakthrough in like the last five years? 
about four years ago, four four or five years ago, um, I grasped a concept that. Uh, what what was I thinking? You kind of uh, my mentality was that you kind of have to deal. No, I'm sorry. Play the cards you're dealt. You're dealt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about five years ago, through different uh, friends and practices, I let go of that belief system, mm-hmm. and that was just a huge turning point. And you pulled uh, the ace out of your sleeve. Yeah, I don't know what tricks I did, but it was just like, you know, everything was doable. Yeah. Um, You know, just nothing seemed um, dreadful. Yeah. You believe in, so there's some people who think, okay, have a big goal. Have one that, that scares you and scares other people and motivates you. But then the more practical thing is work on it. A little bit every day. Like, don't let it overwhelm you. Put yourself in a place where you can feel the sense of accomplishment, even by saying, "Oh, I sent out two emails today," or whatever the thing you're working on is. Okay, cool. Like that, you you made some progress that day. I kind of feel that you have to align yourself to what your goal is, and we're we're kind of not super clear on what our goal is, and I would hate to limit it with words, right? Because if I made a goal. I just zoomed into one thing and right. it may seem different and it may come differently and it may feel and look different. Right. So you think um, you're not being as open-minded. Yeah. I just like, to, I like to, I like to, so when I think of a goal, mm-hmm. I, I think of a state of mind. So let's say if we're thinking about abundance or wealth, I don't think of like, I want to land 10 stores and be shown in a gallery. So now here is that I'm limiting. So I'm mm-hmm. putting some scenarios that could be a possibility. You know, I kind of feel that um, I want to never operate with the concept of how much money is worth. Mm-hmm. Like I'll go very broad. Right. If you don't have that concept, then you don't have limitations, right. yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, it, so some people I've heard recently have a very similar outlook and say, I'm not going to say I want X amount of dollars in my bank account. I'm not going to say I want a big house or, or whatever car, right? I'm going to think a little broader and say, I want to have... McLaren. <laughs> I want to have, no, not a McLaren. I want to have the ability that if I want to take a week and go somewhere, I can yeah. If I want to go see a go to a friend's wedding who's across the country, I can. You know, and, and and like you said, that freedom, yes, while you have to be in a certain monetary place to get to that point. Well, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Mm-hmm. So the idea is just to get to that point. Right. Perhaps yeah. it might take oh. a monetary achievement. But uh have you heard of that um French story with a fisherman? So the fisherman is out of fishing, docked, taking a little nap. A couple of tourists go by and say, hey, what are you doing? I'm taking a nap. Wouldn't you, shouldn't you be out fishing? Oh, I went fishing, came back, and I'm taking a nap. Well, that was, that was pretty soon. Just go back, catch more fish. Why? Well, so you can make more money. And then? Well, you can hire more people to catch more fish. And then? Well, then you can relax. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> so maybe you can skip that. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's funny. I haven't heard yeah. that. So right, again, you yeah. could you could get in that state of mind right. if that state of mind is your goal. Right. This is how you However, want to live. Yeah. How do you want your lifestyle to be? Right. That is the limitation because mm-hmm. we think, well, if I don't have money, I can't get there. Right. So I need to make some money. Right. Um. And most likely in this particular world that yeah. applies. To a point, uh, like you said. But again. Because right. there's people like we all know who have a shit ton of money and are fucking miserable. And I don't want to be that either. You know, I never want to be the guy who has it all and says, wow, wow. Like, you know, it's this is this fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't so, ever want to be the one to take anything for granted. Yeah. And, you, and we all do to right. an extent, but. Right. I don't know. I think. So here. You've transitioned. No, that's fine. So uh, you've always had this idea of being a designer, right? 
Did you ever have any odd jobs along the, over the uh, years? Yeah, I was a waitress and a bartender till I was 22, but then I started doing this full-time. So right. that was, uh, gosh, 14 years ago. You don't ago. have to put a number on it. <laughs> hey, at least she fine. did the 9210 yeah, route. I know, right? <laughs> um, so what do you think, you know, do you think design is this the rest of your life? Or do you think maybe there's an Well, I just got good at it, so I'm not getting out now. <laughs> I finally have an idea of what the fuck I'm doing. I'm in it. I'm in it for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I hope not. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to do something with food. Uh, I want to do something with film. Um, some sort of, again, it goes back to food, some sort of a farm living. Oh, wow, really? Um, I want to. Um, well, the Urban Ninja clothing allows you the mobility <laughs> to farm in all black. That's right. <laughs> So that so you really have aspirations to, to live on a farm and, and grow yeah, your own food? I, I imagine more like a modern glass and uh, um, concrete structure. Um, that you sounds know, sick. Yeah. In the middle of the greens, where you can hear running water, an educational program. It's involved in this uh, uh, aspect, mm, right? Um, I think teaching that um, way of being uh, and not in a, in a very tight focus and just in a very broad of eating, thinking, uh, producing, um, enjoying. Closer uh, to nature in a way. Closer to nature. Well, the, the reason with nature is because you get closer to self. I think exactly. you eliminate right. a little bit of the noise. Yeah, of course. Uh, in, in an urban environment like this, every, uh, everybody's energy kind of seeps into you. Uh, yeah. Um, so a kind of uh, buffering yourself to get a closer look. Um, yeah. It's yeah, necessary. For sure. yeah. Absolutely. So last question here, about an hour. Kind of flew by, right? It wasn't cool. so bad. Um, had a great time. And uh, so as you are someone who makes things, uh, granted for yourself, you want to build, you want to design things that you like, right? But in reality, they're, they're for other people. So we asked this, uh, this question to a lot of creatives. Uh, if you couldn't share your work with anyone, would you still design? Yes. Nice. See, what's interesting, and we always say I it could is, have predicted that one with right. all the sense of self. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you said, you know, when you design for self, but actually it's not for you, it's for other people. I hope it's for other people. But once I put it on and I'm happy and it's part of my wardrobe and I know I'm going to wear it for six months, a year, two years, I got what I was in for. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And I think the rest, it's right. like dividends. Right. And I, think, <laughs> I think that's um, what people get to, but at a different point. Like, I feel like some people get to a point with their success in their career where they say, okay, let's just say musicians, right? They get so popular, they're going to make a perfume line, right? And the only reason why anyone's going to fucking buy it is because of who they are. Right. Sure. But they hopefully get to that point where they can say, listen, this might not even sell very well, but I know it's what I wear every day. It's how I like to smell and I like it. And if nobody else likes it, so be it. But this is something I, I, I can say I can wear the badge on and say I would wear this every day and I love it. Now, whether it's commercially viable and successful is, is, is not unseen, but. There is an air, like you said, of, of respecting that and saying, hmm, you didn't just slap your face in a name on something that someone just made for you in a lab and didn't even, you, your assistant handed the whole fucking thing. You That's know? true. And you're still collecting money. It's no, it's, it's, but for some people, they, they feel like they have to have an amount of success in their career to have a proof of concept to then get to that point. You just said it, you've been doing it your whole life and now, you're finally hitting your stride. But in reality, you've been doing the same thing the entire time. Oh, yeah. And I'll mm -hmm. keep doing it. I right. mean, nobody knows of me. Like, right. do, I'm not doing it for commercial success. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm entirely irrelevant. But to me, I'm incredibly successful. Yeah. And if you think about it, success in reality is, like, a, is a very objective. Yeah, right? it's yeah. everything so... Right. It's like I mean, I am I'm very pleased with what we accomplish during the day, and mm -hmm. um, I end up with 
cool gear and great uh, interactions. Right. Um, and then, and in the end of the day, I mean, like you said, that's, you know, what more can you ask for? I, I couldn't have shaped the day better. Yeah. Like, if you can work for yourself, be comfortable with what you want to do, knowing you don't have to wake up, go to a boss every day, and you can wake up every morning and be like... Can you imagine her in a cubicle? No. <laughs> we, had, we had a conversation yesterday about working a job in a cubicle and how if you're a creative person, it's like a slow prison. It's, it's, it's a, a soul, slow death. soul crushing. Right, it's soul crushing. And it really is. It's like, I, I mean... Like, It'd be funny. Have us put a, let's do a video of her dressed and looking exactly like she is walking into some fucking cubicle HR land type corporate company. And I think that'd be absolutely fucking hysterical. Oh my God. Just <laughs> seeing her walking in. Well, going to meetings, I cause quite a stir and it's not in my benefit. Uh, but I, you know, I can't help it. So <laughs> you are. It's, yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. You know, why the um, fuck would you get away from that? Yeah, totally. No. Listen, Bella. Thank you so much. <laughs> I yes, hope you I hope you, you enjoyed uh, sitting with us as much as we did with you. Jose okay. just waves across the table while I, holding a cookie. I do it. I wish I, I had do a photo it. of that. I know. I've been holding this thing. I've been holding this thing for like half an hour trying to decide how I can finish it and not be chewing in a fucking microphone. Um, but, you know, so thank you again. Thank you. And, this was uh, awesome. It was fun. Awesome. I can't wait. I'm glad you had a good time. We'll good. both keep in touch because I yeah, think we sure. both got called out when we walked in, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I have no excuse. I live across the street. February (laughs) to make some art. Yes. Yes. All right. Absolutely. All right. All right. Take care. Thank you.